Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. All right. We want to continue uh, this series. Actually, we're, we're wrapping up. This is the last of the upward journey. We're taking this whole year to talk about spiritual growth, the uh, inward, the upward, which is um, getting to know God better. Uh, and it's based on the verse in 2 Corinthians. So I know we've been saying this verse every Sunday for the last four months. This is the last time we're going to do it. <laughs> well, it's, it's key to understanding why uh, we are looking at the characteristics of God. But So all of us who have had the veil removed, and again, the veil was the veil that the uh, Jews had when they read Scripture. And when you come to Christ, that veil is removed, and so you can see God's true intentions uh, from his word. Uh, we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And so just the very act of looking at the attributes, looking at the things of God, uh, that act of, of, of seeing and reflecting then uh, triggers the Lord making us more like Him. We become more like Him. It's an act of God that works in us. When we behold Him, we become like Him. And so uh, knowing a person's likes, what, they, what, they're, what they're like and what they like, is just as important as knowing what they dislike. You know, both, both things are very, very important in, in, in building a relationship with someone. And so this past month, we've been looking at a scripture that lists a number of things that God dislikes. In fact, it says he hates them. <laughs> and the reason we're looking at these uh, uh, characteristics is not just to rail on really bad things. But its intention is to get to know God better so that we can become more like him. Does that make sense? Yeah, good. All right, so this is a scripture. It's in Proverbs 6, um, and it reads this. It says, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. One, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, and a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Today I'm going to be speaking on number three, hands that shed innocent blood, and number seven, uh, one who sows discord among brethren. And we, we did have it all sorted out so that each congregation would hear all the messages, but that uh, Matt Stutzman guy... <laughs> messed it all up. No, <laughs> Matt was in town, and, and so I've been wanting him to share uh, for a long time, and so it worked out. So Matt shared, and uh, it was two weeks ago. And so if you want to hear, uh, let's see, the, uh, the one Mark is teaching is feet that are swift to running to evil. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you can listen to the Kalamazoo podcast, and, and then the Kalamazoo people will have to listen to this podcast to hear this message. So <clears throat> we are covering all. all. Um, I like this quote from this commentator concerning this verse. It's an older commentator, which I like the old ones. Barnes, he says, With the recognized Hebrew form of climax, referring to how this passage is written. So this, this the form here that the author uses is a, is, is a pattern that's common in Hebrew literature. Uh, the teacher enumerates six qualities as detestable and the seventh as worse than all. Because seven 
represents the, the biblical number, uh, the seven in the Bible represents completeness. And so this idea, this yay six, even seven, and you'll come across this occasionally in scripture where they'll uh, uh, phrase things like that. And in Hebrew literature, it was very common. And the idea was all of these six are bad, but the seventh is like worse than all the other ones combined. All right. Um, <clears throat> the Bible sees, God sees discord and division as the worst. You know? and, and if I were to order the list, I might not do that. <laughs> you know, murder <laughs> would seem like the worst. And there's a reason we're, we're combining those two, and you'll see this uh, right now. <laughs> Discord is really linked with shedding innocent blood. And I could teach a whole message on is, uh, you know, murder and innocent blood. And, and uh, you know, normally people read that and think of abortion, and certainly that would apply. Uh, but there's lots of different forms of shedding of innocent blood. Uh, and discord is linked with it because uh, murder is the ultimate expression of, of discord and division to the point where you actually kill. And in fact, discord and division, in essence, always leads to death. Maybe not physical death, but it will lead to relational death. If there's discord, if there's divisions, there's strife, you're going to kill the relationship. Or are you going to shut down someone emotionally? Or are you going to shut down emotionally? Or there's going to be a spiritual death that happens. And so discord and division, as Dale uh, said, and uh, I'm going to tie it in too. I, I just thought that uh, what Dale's teaching on just lines up perfectly with, with this passage. Uh, discord and division leads to death. And Jesus teaches this. Uh, when he speaks in Matthew chapter 5, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause will be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, which, you know, I've never said that to anybody, so I'm good, <laughs> shall be in danger of the council. Whoever says, You fool! Well, maybe I've said that. Uh, shall be in danger of hellfire. Wow. wow. So here Jesus <clears throat> is significantly raising the bar, isn't he? Not only is murder, shedding of innocent blood, detestable and unacceptable, <clears throat> but anger without a cause and name-calling is equally as punishable according to Jesus Christ. So when I taught about lying a few weeks ago, <clears throat> I did it in a way that I hoped everyone realized we all lie in, in certain ways and certain degrees. And like that, I think, and all the other attributes that this proverb lists, we need to apply this personally. All right? We need to plead guilty when we read this list uh, and, and, and plead for mercy, not justice, right? Uh, because we may not have been uh, guilty of murder, but who can say they've never been unjustly angry, upset at somebody, maybe simply because we've misunderstood, or they, they hurt our feelings unintentionally, and it, you know we've gotten angry. Or who can say that they've never said, man, that guy's such an idiot. <laughs> maybe not to his face, maybe not even out loud. Would you say it? Or how about, I'm such an idiot. I'm such a fool. 
you're, you're just calling one of God's children a fool. And Jesus said, you can't do that. That's, you're in danger of hellfire. Why? Like Dale said, why? Why is this so important? Because it, it's, it's, it brings death. It brings discord. All right? <clears throat> so we have to ask when we read these characteristics of God, what God hates is not how does this apply to somebody else, but how does it apply to us? And how <clears throat> can we get to know uh, more about God by studying this and allow this knowledge and understanding of what God hates and why God hates it to shape our character so that we can become more like him? That's the ultimate goal, and that's what the upward journey is all about, is that we can become more like him by getting to know him better. And so here, God hates murder. He hates death. He hates um, discord. He hates division. <clears throat> and why is that? Because God is the opposite of that. Yeah. All right? God gives life. He doesn't take it. All right? All of creation. I love, I love the drive down here every time I, I drive it, especially on a day like today on my motorcycle. <laughs> it was like the perfect weather for a motorcycle drive, I'm telling you. <laughs> it was beautiful, sunny. I mean, this, you know, we don't have to do anything to make all those leaves come out, right? And, and <clears throat> you know, if you have a patch of bare ground after a few weeks in the spring, it's going to be filled with something. If you don't till it and sow something productive, it's going to be filled with weeds, right? But that's life. And um, all of creation is filled with life. And that is an expression of who God is. Uh, uh, This just came to mind, but I forget the the statistics of how many ants and insects are under the ground. There's like... Trillions, I don't even know the number, quadrillions, right, of life forms. When we walk across your, your yard, you're walking across as many insects as there are. I think there's more insects within a few feet square feet than there are people on the planet. And you don't even see them, right? And so the whole world is just teeming with life. Why? Because that's, that's the, an expression. That's, that's the canvas God painted um, and, and, and so God is filled with life. He gives life. And so death and discord is, is in direct uh, opposition to the very character of God. Jesus said it this way. He says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And so there's a contrast between what the enemy comes and brings, which is uh, the steal, to take away, to kill, and to destroy, and what Christ comes to bring. Christ came to bring life and abundant life, yeah. all right? Life to the fullest is one way it's translated. Uh, death is the result of rejecting the life God gives, all right? It, that's exactly what happened in the garden. With Adam and Eve, when they rejected God's rule, God says, "Don't eat. you know you you could have everything in the garden except for this one thing." And sure enough, they were tempted and they yielded and they took the one thing that they weren't supposed to. They rejected His rule, <clears throat> and in doing so, they received death. All right, and it's the consequence of rejecting God's grace offered through faith in Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, life is available, eternal life is available to anyone if they receive Jesus Christ. But if they reject Christ, then they are rejecting the life 
Really, it's the second chance that God has given mankind. <clears throat> so God is all about life, and that's why he hates uh, a murder uh, and, and discord, because it leads to murder. Uh, and this is Jesus' advice. This is the words right after the earlier verses that I read, uh, where he said, if you hate your brother or if you call him a fool, you're, you're at risk of hellfire. He says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... And there, remember, your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there. I kind of like that. (laughs) As a pastor. (laughs) Leave the offering. (laughs) And then go to your brother or sister. uh, And... Uh, if you if you reason they have something, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. All right. Now, just take a minute here, and let's just let this sink in because this is a huge, huge, huge verse. Dale understands it. <laughs> Reconciliation, uh, the restoration of relationship is the root cure that heals discord, division, and hate, and ultimately death. And Jesus here teaches that it's more important, or it needs to be done first, even before worshiping God. When we, when we when you go to church, you talk about the Bible, you think Jesus, you think, okay, it's all about religion, it's about uh, behaving right, it's about you know having right relationship with God. But God says, listen, you can't have right relationship with me if you don't have right relationship with the people in your life. Wow. And before you can have relationship, before you can give me a gift, before you can return worship to me, I require something. You need to work that out. And do you notice Jesus said, it says there, if, if someone has something against you, it's not my fault. Jesus said, uh, yeah, you can think that. <laughs> That's what they think probably too. All right? If there's conflict, you're not getting along with sister so-and-so in the church or <clears throat> neighbor next door or the guy you work with. It doesn't even... Address the reason. It says you need to fix the relationship. And that usually involves saying, forgive me. I'm sorry. I must have misunderstood. Talking to them. All right? Jesus teaches that reconciliation must come before worship. All right? We can't separate the two. And religion is what happens. Religiosity, dead religion, happens when we separate those two. When we think we can go to church and be righteous, but still have broken relationships in our lives. That doesn't produce life. That's not, that's not the life, that's not the kingdom that Jesus is presenting. <clears throat> to become Christ-like and to reflect God's character, we must become agents of reconciliation. All right? uh, <clears throat> uh, so, Paul says it this way when he's writing to the church. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you're a Christian, if you come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you believe the Bible is true, uh, you actually are a new creation. It starts all over again. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you have a clean slate. You can start over. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Okay? Notice it says all things. Everything. Everything belongs to God. And, and, and he has reconciled us in this creation to him through Jesus Christ, and then has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. All right. Is there a repeated word in this scripture? <laughs> Do you think he's emphasizing something here? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Reconciliation of all things. Reconciliation. Uh, Jesus came to reconcile the world. All right. That means everybody out there, every man, woman, and child, the systems of the world that are broken. Jesus came and died to bring those people and those systems back into unity and reconciliation with, the, with, with God Almighty. But also, as we learned in the previous verse, and as we see here, in order to be reconciled with God, we have to be reconciled to one another. Right? And that's the direct opposite of discord. Yeah. It's the direct opposite of dis- division. All right? Reconciliation is bringing back together things that have been divided. And here, this is saying, this is, the, this is why Jesus came, and this is now our duty. We're ambassadors to communicate and to reproduce that reconciliation of all things, of the world, of us to God, and of the world to God, and of us to one another. <clears throat> that is, and in the ending verse where Paul puts it in the first person, he's like, we're pleading with you, we're pleading this, is, this was his message. Be reconciled to God. Because when we're reconciled to God, when we're, includes reconciliation to one another, includes communicating the message of reconciliation to the world, then we become more like God. God hates discord and division because it is completely contrary to his nature of reconciliation. All right? It's just so opposite of who he is. Uh, he hates discord and division because it's the very thing Jesus came to save us from. All right? And so if there's di- division or discord, uh, you know, if there's a, you know what discord is? It's, it's, it's not in harmony. I was going to have a musician come up and play some discordant notes. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, where, where there's a lack of harmony, and this is talking about between people, God hates that. And we're agents of reconciliation. And so the gospel is really about us as Christians finding uh, places where there's discord and, uh, and bringing reconciliation. <clears throat> every form of division, every form of discord uh, in us or in our communities uh, creates a separation between us and God or the community and God. All right, does that make sense? Because God hates it. If you're just got this, you know, it's that person that you don't even want to be around. 
That's discord. And I'm not talking about healthy boundaries. Sometimes that's needed. But I'm talking about getting to a place where you can be, as, in as much as it's up to you, at peace with all men. Yes. All right? The Bible teaches that. All right? Uh, and wherever there's discord in our relationships or in our communities or in our uh, nation or in this world, that creates a separation between us, between our communities, our world, and the character and the person of God. And that separation leads to death. Okay, this is why it's so serious. What Dale said was—he nailed it. This is this is extremely important stuff. We're called to be agents or ambassadors of uh, healing, reconciliation, <clears throat> and Dale's course. Uh, so Dale didn't know I was, was going to plug his course, and he came up and plugged my message. <laughs> we are so in tune. It's, it's crazy. First time I met him, uh, uh, this was years ago, we had lunch, and we were finishing one another's sentences, and we had mutual friends. I'm like, how, how did I not know you for all, this, all these years? Uh, but he's going to take uh, the issues and teach uh, techniques and ways in which you can uh, work build reconciliation between uh, you and other people in your lives and develop healthy relationships uh, that lead to better community. All right. Uh, and so I do want to plug that. It's definitely worth it, and it's definitely timely, and it uh, is something we need not only personally, but this community needs. Yeah. Is there a division in this community? Is there a division in the United States right now? <laughs> do you think? Do you think the answer is our side winning? Because that's what the other side, whatever other side that may be, thinks too. And if you just get more convinced of that, then it just escalates into all-out warfare. And so that's not the answer. That's not how a division is going to get resolved. There has to be some way that we get to reconciliation. To where even those who have significantly different opinions that we may completely disagree with, we can still have a peaceable relationship with them. Because in doing that, as Dale said, when they see our unity and our love for one another and for them, then they will say, well, maybe they have something, they being Christians, the kingdom of God have something we need. But if we're just shouting, whoever it is on the other side of the, the line, on whatever issue, I'm not, talking, I'm not thinking of any particular issue, you can just fill in the blank, economic policy, political policy, you know, <clears throat> whatever you want, healthcare policy, whatever, welfare policy, racial divisions, uh, you name it, education policy, you name it. There's division, 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 division. Why is there so much division? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if the enemy can divide people, he's won. Right? That's, that's all he's got to do. Get one person angry at another person, he's won the day. And he'll just sit back and watch him kill each other. The enemy doesn't have to kill anybody. He just gets them to kill each other. <clears throat> and God says that is not the way to win. Right? This is the way to win. 
Romans 12 says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. So what I think that means is that no matter who you're around, have regard or give attention to what is good. And see the good in whoever you're with. All right? So even if you're dealing with someone who's not good, <laughs> you're in prison with convicted felons, and you're ministering. You want to see the good in them. All right? Or you're uh, on the street, and you're talking to someone that's bumming money off you because he wants a fix. He wants drugs. You know? Do you yell at them and say, get out of here? No, you try to see some good in them. Or you're talking to a, someone who's homosexual, and an advocate, and uh, promoting it vocally. Do you just get mad and yell at them? That's not going to do any good. All right, Hear them out so that maybe they'll hear you out. Uh, find some good. I think that's what that means. Have regard for good in the sight of all men. Do good, be good, but have regard for good regardless of who you're with. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with everyone, not just with the people that go to your church <laughs> or all the other Christians. How about the Muslims? Yeah. My wife and I are excited. A new family moved in next door. They're Muslim. Like, I saw them moving in, I'm like, hmm, they're ethnic. <laughs> not your typical portage. At first, you know, we just, they were dark skinned and I couldn't quite make out what language they were talking. <clears throat> but I didn't have time to go talk to them. But finally, they fully moved in, and it's Omar and Fatima. Fati, Fatima. I don't know how to pronounce it. Fatima. I think that's right. Fatima. It could be pronounced both ways. Uh, <clears throat> clearly Muslim. And so, uh, but you know what? I could tell that they were nervous when I walked up. It's a big white American. You know, I can't fool anybody. I'm American. I travel all over the world. I don't even try anymore. <laughs> I'm American. I broadcast it, right? And so they're out sweeping their driveway, and they got three little kids, and I just walk out with a big smile. Welcome to the community. They're like, you know, and they, she never said a word. She may not speak English. Uh, Good friend of mine, well, I can't say he's a good friend, a friend of mine and a fellow I know. I go to an Indian restaurant in Kalamazoo. It's one of my favorite restaurants. <clears throat> but uh, I pull up on my motorcycle, and the, the main cashier guy, and he's kind of in charge, he also rides a motorcycle. So, you know, motorcycle guys always have something to talk about. <laughs> and uh, just a few uh, uh, earlier this summer, I was, I was telling him I was going to ride my motorcycle to the Upper Peninsula and all the way over to Copper Harbor, and he's all excited about it. And his, his mother-in-law has a place up north that he rides to. I said, oh, man, you should go up the Upper Peninsula. It's, it's so beautiful. And he was like, um, he's like, I've been warned not to go there. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean warned not to go there? He said, look at my face. <laughs> Seriously, that's what he said. I was like, it took me a minute. I'm like, what, what the? Oh. He said, 
I said, well, you need to come with me then. <laughs> I, and the thing is, I think, I think they're Christians. They're closed on Sundays. <clears throat> the Arab place in the same mall is open on Sundays, but the, the Indian place, they might be Catholics. A lot of Catholics in India. Uh, but it doesn't matter because they have dark skin. And he definitely is ethnic. All right? There's incredible... I mean, in, in this past week... I, have, I was on a phone call with a relative, and at least 30 to 40 minutes of that phone call was this relative berating out loudly, passionately uh, against blacks, especially Hispanics to a lesser degree, uh, and a political party. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time I was just trying to, you know, you know, a lot of what this person said was true, but it was said in such a divisive way, such a demeaning way. I'm sick and tired of those blanky blank, blankety blank, doing blankety blank. And I thought, wow. The same, like the day before, I was having a conversation with someone I really love and trust. And I mentioned racism. And this man said, racism doesn't exist. I was like, <laughs> you white boy said that. <laughs> you know, racism exists. Yeah, it's used by the by people in the media to get their way, but that's part of what racism is. Yeah, it stirs up discord, it's division. <clears throat> and so, and then you look at our world where thousands of people are killing one another simply because of uh, religious or ethnic division. Our world is filled with discord and division. Well, Paul says, <clears throat> "Be peaceable with all men." That means people of all races, all religions, we are to come as agents of peace, to bring together where there's war, where there's conflict, where there's division. So we can't have this discord and division going on in us if we are to be the ones that bring peace. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. It's quoting God saying that that's his job. And the reason only God can execute vengeance or justice or payback for when you're wronged, because he's the only one that can understand the real balance between how much is your fault, how much is their fault, and somehow he's going to work it out so that vengeance or justice is uh, distributed in a, in a proper way. Okay, He has the wisdom to know. <clears throat> That's God's job, is to work out vengeance, to work out the recompense. Our job is, if your enemy is hungry, give him food. All right? Bring him to the fish fry. <laughs> if he is thirsty, <laughs> if he is thirsty, give him a drink. Hey, don't hold back. In doing so, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. In other words, you'll bring conviction and hopefully bring about change. Uh, that they'll see, wow. Don't uh, do not overcome. Uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So 
This is how we respond. When someone mistreats us, we don't mistreat them. Rather, we do good to them. Because in doing so, that's the kingdom way to overcome uh, evil. Now, we need to boil this down and say, okay, where do I see discord in my life? Is it with my relationship with my spouse, my kids, my brother, my neighbor? Am Am I arguing over something? And if so, you, regardless of whether you think you're right and they're wrong, you need to get to the place where you work for peace and you see the good and you don't give up until you see a change in the relationship and a reconciliation. And then where we see discord and division in our communities, what can we do to heal racism? What can we do to heal injustice? What can we do to help uh, those who are who are being persecuted or, or, or oppressed? How can we be agents of change? The first thing is get our relationships healthy. As, as, as Dale uh, is going to be teaching through the Tuesday classes, and then that will uh, reverberate and be reproduced in our communities and uh, in our nation and in our world and in this generation. So can we just end with a word of prayer? <clears throat> Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. You know, if there's, if there's a relationship that you have or you're thinking of someone that is, uh, they won't talk to you, or you won't talk to them, whether it be a family member or someone in the community, or maybe even if you just feel such deep down hatred toward a certain group of people, whether it be a political party or an ethnic party or someone who did you wrong, just hold that up before the Lord. You know, we need healing in order to be healers. We hurt people, hurt people, but healed people, heal people. And so, Father, we bring our hurt. And where we've been uh, mistreated or misunderstood to you. And we ask for healing and restoration. And Father, I pray that as we confess that we're guilty of this, you'll forgive us of these, this sin. And we'll be able to become more like you and become a peacekeeper. And a, a one who gives peace. And we'll become agents of reconciliation. Lord, that we wouldn't miss our chance to make a difference in this world by loving on someone that's different from us. Lord, and we just pray, I pray that you give each person here the wisdom and the power and the courage to become more like you in this area. In Jesus' name, amen.